The Box Officer Podcast with Mel McKay and Derek Zemrak. Hey, Derek Zemrak, it's Friday. It is Friday. (laughs) Welcome back. We had the last couple of weeks off, and it's nice to hear your voice again. What are you going to be reviewing for us? Absolutely. Asteroid City, the new Wes Anderson film on air, and then we're going to go over to Anna Nicole Smith documentary, You Don't Know Me, on Netflix. Oh, yeah. I'm intrigued. (laughs) Tell me about Asteroid City. Mel, you either love his films or you hate it, and this is actually one that's going to fit in that category, for sure. Sure. Uh, as always, his film is layered like a German chocolate cake with thrown on a little sprinkles on the top. So it's a little complicated, okay? <laughs> now, Asteroid City is a fictional American town set in 1955 uh, with a population of 87. And now this is where he really excels, picking locations, stories, and putting people together. Now, there's a junior stargazing convention that's being held in Asteroid City, and it is interrupted by a alien that disturbs everything and changes the world, okay? Now, sounds intriguing, right? Absolutely, you know, everyone's attention is here. But the problem is, it is confusing, okay? Now, the movie is is a very clear three-act definitions of a play, okay? And it is narrated by Brian Cranston, who is a TV show host, and he's talking about the playwright and his new play. And when he's talking about playwright... And the play, they cut over to Asteroid City because that's what the play is all about. Okay. Now, he uses his usual black and white, black and white when Cranston's on there talking about mm. it and going to color. I mean, he must be factuated with Wizard of Oz <laughs> because all of a sudden everything becomes colorful and beautiful. And that's what he really does well with is the colors. And we'll talk about that in a minute. Okay. Now, Jason Schwartzman is he's actually the lead in the film, and he does a great job. I mean, I, all these actors, I think, do it outstanding job and he's driving his kids to the convention when the car breaks down now he has four kids a son and three daughters and he decides to call upon their their grandfather who is played by tom hanks to come pick up the girls okay Okay. now i'm not going to do any spoilers of what happens on the other two acts of the i should say play or film (laughs) okay but we'll talk about the positive things about the movie it's the set designs i mean the use of colors he's always fantastic the costuming the period piece of 1955 it's kind of really bad when you start saying period piece 1955 (laughs) when you almost was born in 1955 but that's what it is and the cinematography is exceptional now the cast is absolutely amazing it's a who's who of Hollywood is Ed Norton, Scarlett Johansson. She was fantastic. I think this is one of her best roles. Ooh. Now, everyone's kind of deadpan, but she kind of plays this Marilyn Monroe-inspired character, and they're all quirky, and that's what I like, is I like the quirkiness, and I like where Wes Anderson pushes the envelope to do things that are different. He doesn't have to do something that he doesn't want to do, and he tries to be creative. And now, I enjoyed this film. Do I think it's one of his best films? No, but I still did enjoy it, and I give it three slates out of five. Not bad, and it's got a pretty good cast there. That's a, that's oh, a hefty lineup, cast. No, man. A, a little trivia in this is actually Bill Murray was supposed to play the character of the motel owner, who or clerk, or whatever you call him, that Steve Carell ends up playing because Bill Murray ended up getting COVID. Oh, no. Had to be replaced, and there was another time where he was switched, and that was in Little Miss Sunshine. Bill oh. Murray was supposed to play that role. So, yeah. Oh, I love it. <laughs> 
Thank you for the little behind-the-scenes <laughs> trivia there, Derek. <laughs> yeah. Now, on the podcast, we're going to talk about this Anna Nicole Smith documentary that is on Netflix. Is it worth your time? Are we really going to learn anything new? What do you think, Derek? The Anna Nicole documentary, it's called uh, You Don't Know Me, and um, I think we all know Anna Nicole Smith. I mean, if you know, if you followed any right. of her, I mean, she was in the eyes of Hollywood for, you know, in the, the uh, late 80s, early 90s, and then came up with her reality show, and I still remember her getting stuck underneath the coffee table, okay? Uh, she... You know, she was a, a, a train wreck. And, and the thing is, is about this documentary, it does. It starts with her, you know, growing up in this little town, really kind of distraught town in Texas and how she wanted attention. I mean, it's kind of like a Marilyn Monroe likeness where she was so obsessed of being in the attention in everywhere she was. Um, and it goes into her dropping out of high school, getting married, you know, having her first child. And but I feel I feel like the documentary did not get into the stuff that we really wanted oh, to know. Man. I mean, the, the people that they had in this thing were, okay, the bodyguard, I get it, you know, and then it was like this friend, um, her brother that she didn't know, and there was nobody like that. You know, Howard K. Stern, who was her attorney, who was supposed to be the, you know, the father of her baby. He wasn't in it. You know, the photographer who ended up being uh, her daughter's uh, father, he wasn't in it. It was like all the people that really were closest to her were not in this thing. And it was like, okay, Netflix, you know, they're sitting around the table and say, okay, let's do a documentary on Anna Nicole Smith. Well, who can we get? Well, we can't even get Bobby Trendy, you know, her designer. You know, he's oh, not in it. It's come like on. All the, it's all these ancillary people people that were supposedly around her and didn't give us any information. Now, they mentioned in the documentary that, that um, Marshall, you know, her 92-year-old boyfriend, right. adopted Daniel, her son. Yes. But they never said later, did he inherit anything? Because she said that she, she wanted to make sure, that Marshall wanted to make sure he was taken care of, too. But it was never any talk about, did Daniel get anything? You know, oh. Anna Nicole got nothing, but did Daniel because he was an adopted son? Right. I mean, it was... I mean, he had obviously passed away, but he must have had an estate somewhere, his sister, and nothing. There was nothing that you didn't know oh. about Anna Nicole Smith. And Ooh. these people allege that, you know, these things happened, and you're just like, really? Do you have the credentials to even be talking about this? I, I felt like, like I was starting to say, it felt like it was in a boardroom with Netflix saying, okay, let's do, we got to do a documentary. Let's do Anna Nicole Smith. Who can we get? Well, I don't know. Let's find this, anybody. Let's just do it. And it, it just didn't answer oh. any of the questions. And in fact, I know less about Anna Nicole Smith than I did before. Oh, I, my before God. I saw this documentary. That yeah. is I, awful. So are we going to yeah. get the first ever negative slates? <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I, I think there was some great, you know, home footage of her growing up. I mean, I'm giving this two slates out of okay. five just because I think it was an attempt, but it was an attempt and not a clear definition of how to make the documentary. And the thing is, it's like you have to think when someone is passed on, I hate it when they don't try to respect what that person would want. And they just go, okay, whatever. Let's just sensationalize a death that happened yeah. ages ago. How about some respect? Right. And it was like it was like a friend who, you know, came out and said, oh, you know, I was her best friend and, you know, I had, you know, a sexual relationship with her and I was her first lover. You know, and I'm like going... 
there's nothing to back this up. You know, it's what? like, and it was it was all pushed. I mean, everybody that they brought in were like trying to say, okay, let me make up, let me get something here. You know, and I'm not saying they made it up, but they're just like, yeah, it was it was it was pushed. And I think Anna, and the things that I learned about this document, I didn't realize that she had met Marshall and had the relationship with him early on when she hadn't even got to Hollywood yet. That was when she was a stripper oh. in Texas. I mean, that's when the relationship started, and it was for years. And they would call her, and they were together for a while. Then she moved to California because she wanted to be, you know, a star. Sure. And she would call him all the time, and she was kind of a support for him. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Should she have got any money out of it? I don't know. It did did say that she had, over the years, she uh, Marshall had given her $14 million that she completely blue <laughs> so oh, she could get man. something over the years <laughs> <laughs> okay i'm good at blowing money but I, 14 million good lord they, 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 yeah they had asked her one time about it you know in, a, in some footage that they had and they said well what is this you know how did you go through the money and she said well look at me you know it takes a lot to be anna nicole smith <laughs> like, all right thanks stream the box officer now at kkiq.com and apple and google podcasts